Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks. Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Welcome to the Sports Angle, live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Let's get into it. Go to our website, thesportsangle.com. Check out all the content we have on there. Going to be releasing an article about the Los Angeles Lakers and why I believe they are not NBA championship material as we speak. So definitely go to the website. I will have that article by the end of the day. Also, tomorrow is going to be the Sports Angle Trivia. We're, we do this at the end of the month, every Tuesday. We did it last month, had a lot of response from all of you. So we're going to do it once again. So by tomorrow show, day. last segment, Sports Angle Trivia. Definitely stay tuned for that as well. On the 29th, we are going to do our NFL Draft live stream. As the show is going on, we will be saying to you what picks, you know, our reaction, our analysis, everything that goes into it. So we will do our NFL Draft live stream on the 29th here on the Sports Angle. What's up, Brett? How's it going? So as we are preparing... For the NFL draft here on the Sports Angle, I have decided to do something different. I have decided to do something, let's just say, original. There's a lot of people out there who are speculating about teams. There's a lot of people that are talking about this player's going to go here. This player's going to go there. There's all of this discussion about that but you don't really hear a lot of conversation about what players are falling on the draft board and what players are moving up in the draft board uh, out there in the uh, draft room. All right, Brett. Yeah, same here. I mean, same, same. So when it comes to the 2021 NFL draft here on the Sports Angle, I have a list that I have prepared for you of players that I believe will fall in the 2021 NFL draft. And then in the next segment, I will talk about what players I believe will be a reach. They will rise in the NFL draft and they will be considered a reach at the time. So second segment, the reaches, but in the first segment, I want to talk about the players I believe will fall in the draft. The first one, this is going to be a huge shocker to some of you. There will be some of you that will turn your audio up because you're going to want to hear why I believe he's going to fall in the NFL draft. The first player on my list coming out of Ohio State, I have quarterback Justin Fields falling in the NFL draft. You might be looking at me like I am crazy. Well, hear me out. 
Justin Fields, yes, he has had all this hype surrounding him. Yes, Justin Fields, there has been conversation about him being the third overall pick by the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, there has been talk that he will be the fourth overall pick by the Atlanta Falcons. But let me explain to you why I believe Justin Fields will fall in the NFL draft. In fact, I believe that he could fall all the way down to where the Broncos are. He could fall down to where the Giants are. He could fall all the way down there in this NFL draft. The reason why I'm saying this, his health his health his, uh, history, he has had that epilepsy come into light over the last couple of days. Let's also talk about the fact that when it comes to Justin Fields, there has always been that conversation. Will he be able to last at the next level in terms of his injury status? More importantly, with Justin Fields, there is concern about his mechanics. There are concerns about his awareness. There is concerns all over the board when it comes to Justin Fields. And if you're the 49ers, are you going to take a quarterback that has all these X's by his name? Or are you going to take maybe a tight end like Kyle Pitts? Or take a quarterback like Trey Lance? Or take a quarterback like Mac Jones? I understand that Trey Lance is a project. I get that. I understand Mac Jones is the most likely out of the five to be a bust. I'm aware of that as well. But with Justin Fields, there are so many question marks surrounding him, so many unknowns about Justin Fields. I believe that will be why he falls in the 2021 NFL draft. He's the first guy I have on my list of players that will fall in this draft on April 29th. Could he go to Denver? Could he go to Carolina? Could he go to Detroit? There's always a possibility that if he falls, some team will take him that you didn't expect. There's a possibility if he goes past five, a team like the Patriots could trade up. A team like the Redskins could trade up. A team like the Bears could trade up. Heck, a team like the Steelers could trade up. Because if Justin Fields falls like I believe he will, he will be a hot commodity on April 29th. So he is the first player I have on my list that will fall in the NFL draft. The second player on my list, offensive tackle Rashawn Slater. Now, for four people, get it twisted. I think Rashawn Slater is an amazing offensive lineman. He has his size, he has the strength, and he has amazing ability on, on all sides of the offensive line. So why do I have Rashawn Slater being a fall in the NFL draft? Because of the fact that after the Bengals pick, there isn't going to be a lot of teams from six all the way down to 14 that is going to want to take a risk on an offensive lineman when they have needs of their own that need to be addressed. Teams like the Dolphins and the Bengals could most definitely use an offensive lineman, 
but are they going to go with an offensive lineman before a wide receiver? Are they going to go with an offensive lineman before somebody on the defensive side of the ball? Very unlikely. The Detroit Lions, they need help at the wide receiver position. We've heard that they could draft a quarterback out there in Detroit. There's even speculation that they could take a reach on a linebacker. The Detroit Lions offensive line, you're not hearing much about it. You're hearing from the Carolina Panthers, yes, an offensive lineman would be nice. However, getting a wide receiver, maybe getting a quarterback to compete with Sam Darnold would also be in the discussion with Carolina. I think you are catching on to my point. The reason why Rashawn Slater will fall in the draft is not because of his talent. He will fall because teams have needs at other positions before the offensive line. That is why Slater from Northwestern is the second player on my list that will fall in the 2021 NFL draft. So we've talked about Justin Fields. We've talked about Rashawn Slater. Now we're going to go to the defensive side of the ball on the 2021 NFL draft. Yuri, you asked how far do I think Justin Fields will go? I say he will be there by pick eight, pick nine. Whether it's Carolina or Denver, or if there's a team that trades up with those two teams, I believe that Justin Fields will fall down that far because of all the question marks in his, uh, in his scouting report. So the next player I have on my list of players that will fall in the 2021 NFL draft is Quiddy Pay, defensive, defensive end from Michigan. This guy at one point was considered a potential top five pick a couple of months ago. Quiddy Pay, when he was at Michigan, was considered a guaranteed top 10 pick in the NFL draft. But if you check the scouting reports, if you look at mock drafts of Quiddy Pay, he is all over the place. There are people who believe he can go as high as 12. There are people who believe he'll go as low as 22. Quiddy Pay is a huge question mark, but I'm going to use the same argument for Quiddy Pay that I have done for Slater. A defensive end for the top 15 picks is not going to be a huge need. It's not going to be the biggest need for majority of these teams in the top 15. So unless there's a team that's willing to take a chance, like the Los Angeles Chargers perhaps, that I have a feeling that Quiddy Pay will have to wait a while to have his name called in the NFL draft. I believe he will fall in the 2021 NFL draft. So as we're talking about players that I believe will fall in the 2021 NFL draft, I want to remind all of you, follow the, sh follow the show, like, and share the show. It definitely helps us in terms of support. The next player on my list is a huge shocker to the defensive side of the ball. And I am amazed that he is falling in these draft reports. And that is linebacker Mika Parsons from Penn State. It wasn't a while ago. In fact, it was, it was very while ago 
that Mika Parsons was a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. There were a lot of reports that came out that Mika Parsons was definitely going to be one of the first defensive players taken in this draft. But situations have changed. Mika Parsons' name keeps dropping consistently. We've seen the Giants. We've seen the Eagles. We've seen the Chargers. We even the Patriots at one point. Mika Parsons' name goes from here down to here, down to here, and down to here. There is reports that Mika Parsons could fall as low as the Raiders and the Redskins at 17 or 19. Heck, there's been speculation that the Miami Dolphins, if Mika Parsons is there, could take him at 18. If Mika Parsons falls that far, that would definitely be considered a fall in my aspect. My angle is that Mika Parsons, if he falls that far, that will definitely count for this list. When you have a guy who was a guaranteed top 10 pick, not even that far ago, to drop all the way down to 17, 18, 19 on some people's boards, that is a huge situation that's going on out there. So linebacker Mika Parsons from Penn State is the next guy on my list. And the final player I have on my list, we're going to transition back to the wide receiver position because I have this guy who at one point was considered a guaranteed first round pick. But I'm going to say this very slowly. There has been reports that this guy might not even be a first round pick. There has been speculation that this guy could be an early second round pick at best. So the next player and the last player on my list of players that will fall in the 2021 NFL draft is wide receiver Rondell Moore from Purdue. That's right, the Boilermakers themselves. Well, I want you to understand something. The wide receiver position has become so chaotic over the last couple of months, Rondell Moore, he was supposed to be a top 15, top 20 pick when the NFL playoffs was kicking off. Rondell Moore was slated to be one of not the best wide receivers in this NFL draft class. Situations have changed. Waddle, Smith, Chase, so many wide receivers have either leapfrogged him or surpassed him in terms of quality and talent, that Rondell Moore is now being kind of overlooked and overshadowed in this NFL draft. The fact that Rondell Moore went from a top 15 pick to now barely a late first round, most likely early second round pick, that is a definition of a fall in the 2021 NFL draft. So before we go to break and we come back and talk about the reaches in this 2021 NFL draft, I will repeat the list again, go to your comments, and then we will go to break. So the five players I have falling in the 2021 NFL draft, quarterback Justin Fields from Ohio State, offensive tackle Rashawn Slater from Northwestern, Linebacker Mika Parsons from Penn State. 
defensive end Quiddy Pay from Michigan and wide receiver Rondell Moore from Purdue. So do you agree or do you disagree? Let me know in the chat down below or go on Twitter, hashtag the sports angle. Now, someone brought up when they say it is a good football team, they mean that that team has great edge rushers. So go for the best defensive end available unless you are loaded with edge rushers. I mean, you brought up a solid point. There's a lot of teams in the NFL that have solid edge rushers. There's not going to be that big of a need in the early beginning of the draft for a guy like Quiddy Pay. So thanks for commenting. Also, someone said, I always thought Mika Parsons was a top five pick. Well, see, that's the situation. And that's why I said he's going to fall. He went from not even a couple of months ago being a first defensive player taken off the board, a guaranteed top 10 pick, to now falling to 17, 18, 19, or maybe even lower in the draft. It's insane. So we're going to go to break here on the Sports Angle, and when we come back, we'll get into the five players I believe will be a reach in the draft. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Sports Angle, live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Raquelli. Let's get back into it. Follow me on social media at Rocco Raquelli and follow the show on all social medias at the Sports Angle. Now, someone brought up, what do you think about Gregory Rousseau? I left him off my list of players that fell, but man, he has been a huge drop in this NFL draft. I mean, before he opted out last year, a lot of people had him as a guaranteed top 10 pick in the NFL draft. And honestly, my angle, he screwed himself by opting out in the NFL draft. He really wasted that opportunity. Now he's going to be a late first, early second round pick. So Gregory Rousseau, definitely a fall in this situation. 
So for all the people who just joined on the sports angle, we're talking about the 2021 NFL draft. I did the five players that I think will fall in the NFL draft in the first segment. And that was Justin Fields, Rashawn Slater, Mika Parsons, Quiddy Pay, and Rondell Moore. Now we're going to flip it. And I'm going to talk about players that I believe will be a reach in the NFL draft. These are players that look and seem like they should be taken a lot lower than people are going to have them be. The first player on my list in the 2021 NFL draft that will reach. And I'm going to give a shout out to Jared Moeller for this one because he definitely gave me the the uh, he definitely gave me the motivation for this. And that is running back Najee Harris from Alabama. Now, for anybody who needs context, a couple of days ago, Dennis Holmes, he did a 2021 NFL mock draft. I picked the Chicago Bears, and we had to go team by team, pick by pick, and we had to make selections for those teams. Jared Moeller was the guy who was controlling the Miami Dolphins. He picked with the ninth overall selection, running back Najee Harris from Alabama. I thought it was insane. Dennis thought it was insane. Everybody who has a, has a rational mind thought it was insane. A lot of people seemed like it was the biggest reach of the NFL draft. And because of Jared Moeller, he gave me the inspiration to really talk about players that will reach to begin with. So thanks to you. But yeah, Najee Harris is definitely going to be a reach in this NFL draft. This guy should be a second round pick, maybe a late first round pick to where the Bills are. But I've been seeing reports that Najee Harris might go 18 to the Dolphins. I've been seeing reports that the Steelers might take him at 24. Heck, I've even seen the Jets be linked to Najee Harris, the pick prior to the Steelers. The fact that Najee Harris might go in the top 20 is insane. I've even seen that the Atlanta Falcons might trade down and go get Najee Harris with a first-round pick. That is insane. So Najee Harris, running back from Alabama, is definitely going to be a reach in this NFL draft. He should be a second-round pick, possibly a late first. But now he is in the running to be a mid-first-round pick, and that's the definition of a reach. The next player I have on my list, we're going to stay in the SEC for this one. We're just going to move over to LSU, and we're going to talk about wide receiver Terrence Mitchell from LSU. This guy should be a second-round pick. This guy should no doubt be a player that you're going to pick in day two to add depth to your wide receiver position. But I have been hearing reports around the NFL that Terrence Mitchell might be an early second-round pick possibly late first round pick if a team needs a wide receiver late in the first round. I'm just shaking my head, looking at Terrence Mitchell going, what has he done to raise his stock from a middle to late second round pick 
to now being a possible late first, early second. Similar to Najee Harris, what has changed in the last month to make him a definite second round pick, maybe late first round pick, to now being a middle first round pick, might be going 18 to the Dolphins. It's insane what we're seeing. Maurice, what's up? I saw your Braves earlier. We'll talk about that later. So staying with the theme of reaching Terrence Mitchell, wide receiver from LSU, most definitely will be a reach. Running back Najee Harris, he looks like he's going to be a reach. And we are going to move over to the ACC, but we're going to stay around the same area because the next player on my list has gone from a third-round pick to now being a possible second-round pick. And for the life of me, I don't understand why. And that is Quincy Roche. Quincy Roche is a defensive end from University of Miami. Jalen Phelps is from Miami. Gregory Rousseau is from Miami. And then you've got Quincy Roche. Why I don't understand why Roche is rising is because I've seen footage of him. I've looked at the reports. I've seen what his scouts are saying about this guy. And there's really nothing eye-popping that tells me why he should move up an entire draft grade from a definite third-round pick to now being a second-round pick with 48 hours until the NFL draft. Look, I understand that people from Miami do get taken in the NFL draft. I understand. But Quincy Roche, there isn't much in terms of his draft evaluation that tells me why he should have been moved up an entire draft grade. I don't understand it. I think that is a reach in day two. And the next two people on my list, I'm going to say they're a reach simply due to the fact of all the hype that is surrounding them in this upcoming draft. This one, I believe he's a late first-round pick, possibly an early second-round pick, but I have been seeing reports that Zavon, Xavier Collins from Tulsa, edge rusher, potential linebacker, he could go in the middle of the first round in the 2021 NFL draft. Similar to Harris, I don't understand why he is being a reach all of a sudden. Collins being at Tulsa, he didn't go up against the best players in the college bat and college football. Collins, his scouting report, there isn't anything absolute blockbuster that screams out to you star at the next level. Xavion Collins might be a really good player at, at the next level, and I'm not going to sit here and say that he's not going to be. But what I'm pointing out to you is when it comes to the scouting report itself, I don't understand why he is being called all of a sudden from one level to the next. That is why I have him as a reach because there's nothing on paper and there's really nothing on the film room that tells you why he should be going over some of the linebackers that he just leapfrogged in the NFL draft. And the fifth and final player I have on my list, and people are going to call me a running back hater because of because of this, running back Travis Aten from Clemson. 
I understand that he is from Clemson. I understand that Clemson running backs have had a really good record in the NFL over the last couple of years. And yes, I understand that when it comes to Travis Etan, he is a absolute going to be one of the top running backs taken in the NFL draft. But what I don't understand is how did this guy go from being a potential early second round pick to now being slotted at 24 by the Pittsburgh Steelers? Why is it that he has gone from being one of the first players taken in day two to now being a late first round pick with high potential. I've been reading all of these mock drafts and all of these scouting reports about the guy. And over the last couple of days, people's evaluations have changed on Travis Etan. I don't get it. Personally, I think there's really a huge amount of reach going on with him. So just like with Najee Harris from Alabama, I think Travis Etan is definitely going to be a reach in the NFL draft. He should be an early second round pick. If someone takes him in the late first, this will be the definition of a reach in the NFL draft. You know what? He might be the next Christian McCaffrey, but the fact is when it comes to his draft evaluation, he is a round two draft pick. He is a guy that should be taken within the first five picks of the day two. But for some reason, now he is being slotted at the Pittsburgh Steelers selection at number 24. And I don't understand why there isn't anything major popping out that explains to me why he has moved up nearly 10 draft picks in the NFL draft. So the five players I have as a reach in the 2021 NFL draft, running back Najee Harris from Alabama. I have defensive end Quincy Roche from Miami. Wide receiver Terrence Mitchell from LSU. Linebacker Xavion Collins from Tulsa. And running back Travis Etan from Clemson. At General Motors, we make more than electric vehicles. We're helping to make the world a safer, more inclusive place for all. As the first automaker to support the Equality Act, General Motors celebrates and embraces diversity every day, especially during Pride Month, which is why we're proud to team up with iHeartRadio to support Can't Cancel Pride and the LGBTQ community. Because everybody in means everybody. Learn more at GM.com. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. So when we come back from the break here on the Sports Angle, we are going to get into the NFL, and I'm going to talk about a possible situation a possible scenario that happened across the pond. And if it happened in the NFL, how would it affect the league? How would it affect the sport? And more importantly, who would be part of that situation? 
out there in the NFL if this scenario ended up happening. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here on The Sports Angle. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to The Sports Angle, live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Let's get back into it. There was a huge news story that came out of Europe recently that I believe could have had an interesting topic and an interesting proposition with the NFL. Now, to kind of give an explanation of what happened in Europe before we segue into our NFL discussion, there were 12 clubs that were part of the U, uh, the UEFA Champions League 
they failed to launch a European Super League. These 12 clubs, they tried to break away and try to not be a part of their respective series in order to create their own. And the reason why they did this was to massively boost their commercial revenue. Teams like Arsenal, AC Milan, Barcelona, Chelsea, Inter Milan, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, they all tried to form their own Super League. And not only was the backlash incredibly harsh, not only were there riots in the street, not only were there protests among supporters, and billionaire owners were forced to make apologies and recant their their rebellion. Also, they've had the governing bodies, they are planning to sanction the 12 clubs that were a part of it who tried to break away from the Champions League. But it got me thinking. So these 12 clubs tried to break away from the, the, the Champions League. These 12 clubs who have won multiple titles, have billionaire owners, have some of the best soccer players in the world, they tried to break away and they tried to form their own league. So it made me wonder. And yes, you're, you're exactly right. It was going to ruin soccer. Uh, football was not going to be the same if the European Super League did happen. But Yuri, it gave me an idea. What if a scenario similar to what happened a week ago in the across the pond, what if it happened in the NFL? What if 12 NFL teams decided to break away and cut ties with the NFL? Who would those 12 teams be? And what would be the cause and effect of why this would happen? Well, first off, if there was anybody who would be the ringleader of them breaking away, if there was any owner that tried to create their own league to boost their commercial revenue, anybody who has the power and influence to get the job done, it would be Jerry Jones. A lot of people know that Jerry Jones secretly runs the NFL Owners Association. Jerry Jones has the most power and influence out of all the owners in the NFL. Also, the reason why this would happen, the cause of this, would be that Jerry Jones and Roger Goodell do not get along. Jerry Jones has butted heads with Roger Goodell in the past. And if an event happened once again, like the Ezekiel Elliott situation happened, but crank it up by a, by 100,000, Jerry Jones would be more than willing to break away. After all, Jerry Jones tried to sue the NFL with the Ezekiel Elliott situation. If he was willing to sue the NFL over a guy getting suspended, I think that if Roger Goodell did something incredibly um, terrible to the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones would have no problem going up head-to-head with Roger Goodell. So Jerry Jones would be the ringleader, would be the mastermind of breaking away. But he would need 11 teams to join him in this new league. So we already had the Cowboys. Who else would Jerry Jones need to make this league legit? After all, the whole point of the European Super League 
was to have the best teams in soccer, best teams in football be part of one league. So if Jerry Jones was going to create his own super football league, what would he need to do it? Well, for starters, he would need the biggest markets possible to have this situation happen. New York City, Los Angeles, and San Francisco are some of the biggest markets in the United States. As a matter of fact, New York City and Los Angeles is the number one and number two market in the United States. So John Mara for the New York Giants would have to be involved. Dean Spanos from the Los Angeles Chargers, he is buddy-buddy with Jerry Jones. In fact, Jerry Jones helped Dean Spanos go from San Diego to L.A., so he would definitely join that list. Let's also talk about the fact that you have Jed York out there in San Francisco. The Bartlow family, the York family, they would most definitely get involved because San Francisco, not only would it be appealing to advertisers, but more importantly, San Francisco would have the mainstream appeal with that situation. So the Cowboys, the Giants, the 49ers, and the Chargers would be the first four. But you're going to need more teams. And more importantly, you're going to need teams that have had affiliations with Jerry Jones in the past. And because of that, the Bid, the Bidwell family in Arizona and the Cronkey family in the Rams organization, they would be the next two teams to join. The Bidwell family out there in Arizona, they have had long tenure relationships with Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is a, has had a good relationship with that family. Also, the Cardinals are well known for taking big risks. This would obviously be one of them. And Stan Kroenke, when he moved from St. Louis to L.A., Jerry Jones was a huge backer of it and influenced a lot of owners to vote yes on the move. So Stan Kroenke would definitely join in. Jerry Jones would also need a big ego in order to make this move happen. He would have to appeal to the vices of someone who has a very big ego, just like Jerry Jones. So the Ursay family, they would fit the bill there. So the Indianapolis Colts, they would be team number seven on that list. So if there was going to be a breakaway from the NFL, if 12 teams decided to break away from the NFL and create their own super football league, you already have the Cowboys, the Giants, the Chargers, the 49ers, the Rams, the Cardinals, and the Colts on that list. Who else would Jerry Jones need to make this league possible? What else would this super league have to create in order to break away from the NFL? Well, quite simply, he would need two guys that are willing to take a chance. He would need two owners that are willing to to caution to the wind and are willing to break away and take that leap. Jimmy Jimmy Haslam from the Cleveland Browns and, and Scott Biscotti from the Baltimore Ravens, they check off those, uh, those boxes immediately. Jimmy Haslam is not afraid 
to make decisions that he believes are best for the organization. Steve, uh, Scott Biscotti from the Baltimore Ravens, he has taken a lot of risks in the past. So I would include Cleveland and Baltimore on that list. And Yuri, you brought up the next guy. Jerry Jones, in order to create a super football league in um, this, this scenario, he would need an organization that has been built on success. He would need an organization that would be willing to have an advertiser's wet dream. And the Pittsburgh Steelers would be the absolute definition of that. The Art Rooney family, they are the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers are among the most profitable and the most popular team in the NFL. So if Jerry Jones could convince Art Rooney to be part of the Super Football League, he would definitely get Pittsburgh on board. You need two more teams in order to make a version of the Super League and break away from the NFL. What Jerry Jones would need. He would need two organizations that have loyal fan bases. He would need two organizations that would be willing to back their team no matter what. And I have two teams in mind. These two teams, a lot of people are going to get mad at me when they hear this, but I, I got to include them. The New Orleans Saints with the Benson family and the Buffalo Bills with the Pagula family. I understand that there are people out there who are going to immediately hate this, but hear me out. The Buffalo Bills are some of the most loyal and some of the most passionate fans in the NFL. The New Orleans Saints are some of the most loyal and some of the most passionate fans in the NFL. More importantly, I am going to understand this. Jerry Jones is not stupid. He knows that if he had to create this Super League and break away from the NFL, he would need loyal fan bases that would show up to games regardless of who the league was. The Buffalo Bills fans, they would jump into tables. They would have axe-throwing competitions regardless of what league they were in. The New Orleans Saints... They would show up to the Mercedes Superdome. They would be there no matter what. So from a logical perspective and from a business perspective, the Buffalo Bills and the New Orleans Saints would be the two teams you would want to have in a Super League created by Jerry Jones. So to recap, here are the 12 teams I believe would break away and create their own Super League in this hypothetical scenario, Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys, Art York, uh, Art Rooney from the Pittsburgh Steelers, Jed York from the San Francisco 49ers, John Mara from the New York Giants, Dean Spanos from the Los Angeles Chargers, the Bidwell family from the Arizona Cardinals, the Benson family from the New Orleans Saints, the Pagula family from the Buffalo Bills. You would also need Jim Ursay from the Indianapolis Colts, Stan Kroenke from the Los Angeles Rams, and Jimmy Haslam from the Cleveland Browns, and Scott Biscotti from the Baltimore Ravens. 
Now, what would be the hypothetical scenario? How likely would this be? Well, I'm actually going to give this. If I had to give a percentage, if I had to give you a kind of idea of how I think this could go down, I would say that I would give this a 55 to 1 chance of this happening. Because understand that Jerry Jones and Roger Goodell, they don't get along. Understand that Jerry Jones and the NFL, they continue getting into battles again and again and again. So I'm giving it a 55 to 1 odds that it would happen. Okay, 55 to 1, what that indicates to me is it is not a it is not a odds on favorite of it happening but it is still a possibility nonetheless because i believe that jerry jones and his ego could actually make this happen eventually one day if the nfl keeps messing with him like they have been so i give it a 55 to 1 chance that this would happen in the in the future this is the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Rakelli. We'll be right back, and we'll do our racing report. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this.
Welcome back to the Sports Angle live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Rakelli. Let's get back into it. Go to our social media at the Sports Angle or go to Twitter, hashtag the Sports Angle for more information. Check out our website as we are going to be writing an article released later tonight about the Los Angeles Lakers and why I believe their NBA championship window has ended for the 2020-2021 calendar year. Now, our racing report, we're going to talk about Talladega Super Speedway. Yes, one of the most chaotic tracks in the NASCAR schedule. Really wasn't that uh, chaotic, though. To be honest, and to give you my honest opinion about Talladega, this was one of the most tame Talladega races I have seen. There wasn't any big ones. There wasn't really any big crashes. Yeah, you had one guy flip over, but that's pretty much an annual tradition at Talladega. Outside of a five-car crash at the lap 80 mark, Really, this race was just single file, single file, single file. One of the announcers described this perfectly by saying that it was pretty much a train in a single file format. And that's exactly what this race was. The leader wasn't first and pretty much everybody followed behind. And on the occasion that you would get a multi-groove race, it had to be after a restart or one of the lead cars had to pull out and everybody would follow suit. Like during the long stretch of the race, everyone just rode the high line and just stayed single file. Personally, I wasn't really interested in it. I thought it was kind of a tame version of Talladega. But what happened? Well, for starters, you had Kurt Busch's car catch on fire and they had to use a fire extinguisher and everything, including the kitchen sink, to get it from not um, for not spreading to the rest of the car. Brad Keselowski won his sixth race at Talladega. Brad Keselowski is becoming a master at the track. He knows where to be at the right place at the right time, and considering that this is one of his favorite tracks on the NASCAR schedule, I would understand why. He led only one lap in the race, but yet again, that was the one lap that mattered, the final lap. Let's also talk about the fact that you had drivers like Kyle Larson, who blew up early in the race and was not able to continue. Let's talk about the fact that Ryan Newman, uh, Ryan Newman kept on getting speeding penalties like it was candy. I mean, he sped in, and then he sped coming back in when he served the penalty. Not a good day for Ryan Newman. And one of the drivers that I believed had potential to be a shocker in Corey LaJoy literally just rode in the back of the pack the entire race and did not make that much of an impact. Very unfortunate. So was there anything shocking that happened in this race? Was there anything huge? that happened at Talladega? Well, let me tell you. Outside of Chase Elliott, the reigning defending champion, being lapped by the uh, train, and guys like Eric Almirola leading laps, guys like Matt Benedetto leading laps late in the race, 
there really wasn't much action at this Talladega Super Speedway. Denny Hamlin, he hit the wall. I mean, there was this five-car crash with Hamlin, Truex, Byron, Bowman, and um, Chase Elliott. But outside of that five-car wreck with those guys, there wasn't really much chaos. There wasn't some beating and banging. There wasn't torn up race cars. And yes, from a race team perspective, that is your perfect scenario. You escape Talladega without a scratch. You take the paycheck. You move on to the next race. But from a fan perspective, it was a very tame race. In fact, that would be my definition of what happened. Uh, It was very tame. Do I think Jennifer Joe Cobb would join NASCAR next year? I, I understand the situation that happened with Jennifer Joe Cobb. She never ran a NASCAR Cup Series race up to that point. Yes, she has made select starts in the Truck Series, which is their double A um, program out there in NASCAR. But you know what? I think the reason why I would say no is because I just don't think she has the credentials. Like, if she had been running up front consistently in the lower series in AAA and AA, then I would understand it. But I think the reason why they turned her down was the lack of experience in that type of car. So because of that, that's why they didn't let her drive on Sunday. So the only way she would remedy that is if she started running more competitively in the lower series and earned that opportunity to get to the Cup Series um, eventually. Also, someone brought up that NASCAR has been exciting this year with all these first winners up to date for this year. Yes, you having nine winners in the first 10 races, it has been fun. But at what cost, however? You're really seeing a lot of tame and very underwhelming races through the first 10 races. Outside of that finish at Atlanta with Kyle Larson and Ryan Blaney, and outside of the back and forth at the Bristol Dirt Race between Joy Logano and Denny Hamlin, there really hasn't been any amazing finishes or amazing races overall this season. I understand your point, by the way, that there has been first-time winners again and again and again, but my argument to you is out of the races this year, there has been a lot of tame races on the season. And personally, I'm not the biggest fan of it myself. I understand that there are going to be people who crave this type of situation. I get it. But so far, there's only been about four races this year that has been exciting. So when you've only had four of the 10 races be above average and or good and the rest of them have been average at best it's kind of hard to really be enthusiastic um in this uh, season hey ricky i know you don't watch nascar uh, much anymore since jimmy johnson retired i mean jimmy johnson's an indy car right now and he's finished 19th and 22nd in his first two races so maybe watching indy car would be a very interesting situation and I mean, being a Talladega, watching it and knowing that it's a restrictor plate race, you wait for the last five laps to see who's going to win. But the problem with that is back then, 
every lap meant something and it doesn't anymore. And hey, Ricky, you're funny. I like that. So we are about to go to the end of the show here on the sports angle. We talked about uh, players in the NFL draft that I think are going to be reaches and what what NFL players I believe are going to be falling in the NFL draft. I also talked about the European soccer uh, Super League situation and what an NFL Super League could look like. Talked about that in the last segment. We just did our racing report. And yes, Ricky, IndyCar is amazing. I watch it all the time. I definitely recommend it. So this is the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Rakelli. Monday to Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. Follow us on, on the Sports Angle and go to our website, thesportsangle.com. Check out the articles we have on there. And until next time, rock on and we'll see you later. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal.